1: Hey there, are No Labels, No Limits podcast listeners, I want to grab just a couple of minutes before we start today's podcast and let you know about a new membership community that's opening up. It's called The Sandbox. Now, The Sandbox was explicitly designed so that folks like you who have big dreams and goals, who are working on busting through limiting labels and beliefs, who are overcoming challenges, have a place to come, A, to be encouraged, to get tips and tools, to meet other people and share ideas, and just relax. So as a member, you're going to have exclusive access to an extensive library of training, tools, and resources that have been meticulously crafted over the years. But that's not all. You are actually in the driver's seat, so you can help shape the direction of the content and the sandbox. So what's actually in the sandbox? Well, there will be expert sessions that will be tailored to your needs with a focus on the questions that come from our community. There are group learning sessions, live trainings, Q&A sessions, and we will be sharing inspiring membership success stories. You will have an opportunity to learn and grow alongside fellow Sandbox community members. If you need guidance or support, Our online forum is going to be the perfect space to engage with other members, ask questions, find motivation, and share your success with the Sandbox community. We are committed to your success, and that's why we're offering monthly challenges and support check-ins, ensuring you're always on track. So click the link below and put your name either on the waiting list or sign up today for the Sandbox community, and we'll see you there where the dreams will be unleashed and you'll start making rapid progress. Hey there, and welcome to this episode of the No Labels, No Limits podcast, a podcast all about helping action takers and decision makers like you align with your purpose, your principles, and achieve your goals, whether that's in business or in life. I'm Sarah, your host. You know, I'm really fortunate because I get to work along nonprofit leaders and their teams as they reach their goals. Um. And most often, that happens because they stay true to their vision, their values, their beliefs, and actually their purpose, so they can take informed action. Um, And our team likes to say, we serve nonprofits like we serve our families, and we love our families. So on today's podcast, we are joined by Liz Lara. Now, Liz, I've known for a number of years. She's the Family Services Program Specialist at Chino Valley Unified School District in Southern California. And... She is considered, she wouldn't say this about herself, but she's considered a powerhouse and a champion for children and families. So for over two decades, Liz has been at the forefront of transforming lives through her work. She's a true expert in overseeing contracts, grants, and district-based social services support, and her ability to secure funding and for essential programs actually has been the lifeblood for so many of those programs but that's really just like that what she kind of does things and that not even all of it i mean you know she's written several state and county grants she's but what the what why that matters is that those have provided these crucial supports for early childhood education populations their families english language learners low income families homeless students and their families so you think about the breadth of kids and their families who have benefited from Liz's leadership and her commitment. Um, and it's her drive, I would say, that has led to the expansion of family resource centers to multiple sites, including satellite locations. She's also behind initiatives like youth, like a youth mentoring program, food pantry project called Community Care Closet, and various incredible community events. And if that's not enough, She's also involved in numerous collaboratives and task forces. All of those are with the goal of promoting strong municipal and educational alliances, which is what Liz and I are going to actually talk about today. Um, I want to talk to her because she's not only been in this work for a lot of years, has has a lot of experience, but she's also a really strong team builder. Her team is, um, they're diverse in their thinking, in their passions, but not in their commitment. And um, so that's that's exceptional. So what we're going to talk about is what cross-sector alliances or collaborations are or not the benefits of working with those, some of the challenges of that, um, and what it takes to create and nurture and then sustain a successful cross-sector alliance. I need to shorten that. <laughs> and really how to stay the course when the going gets tough because you know anytime we're in relationship with people we hit those bumps so as you can see we are going to have some fun talking with Liz today um and with all of that let's just dive right in hi liz hi sarah that was very sweet that was nice hearing it all those well, it's things. true it's Aww. true it's so it's easy to be nice when you're saying Aww. something true um thank you so let me ask you: What exactly is a cross-sector alliance? How does that get
2: interpreted in your world? Yeah, that's really. I mean, if my world, any anybody's world, is really kind of uh, stepping outside of the traditional. Uh, for us, it would be education. You know, it's kind of easy to to. I don't know. It's, it's not always perfect, but it's easier to collaborate with other schools and, you know, other educational nonprofits. It's tougher when you're kind of going cross sector, like your municipalities, your cities, um, you know, something completely different with your businesses, with other completely different nonprofits. I think that's where it gets a little bit trickier. It's kind of out of the norm and kind of stretches you. And so um, what we have been super blessed to be able to do is just um, continue to build on our collaborative, uh, really, we've had a strong collaborative within the Chino Valley for a while, but kind of building from that and just uh, breaking the the mold of a traditional collaborative into something uh, stronger, uh, more defined, uh, really becoming an alliance. And so kind of like what that would look like. What that looks like.
1: What is the distinction then between an alliance mm-hmm. and a collaborative, Liz? Yes.
2: So a collaborative is a lot of like, to simplify it, it's like, We're going to help you. We're going to come alongside you. And so we can collaborate with you by, you know, donating a, b, or c, or, you know, we're going to get an MOU to kind of exchange services, or we're going to support an alliance really steps up from that. It's saying we will, we will come alongside you and whether you. Um, fail or thrive, we're going to continue. We're going to go at it. It's not going to be a one and done. It's going to be something continued and we're going to plan long-term and we're going to have long-term goals. And so, in other words, we're in it with you, not just in the event type of thing. We're going to be with you throughout this year, throughout next year. In other words, we're, we're building each other into each other's future. Okay.
1: So let's get specific and talk about the hope program because that really is the cornerstone for my thinking of this conversation and since our listeners don't know anything about it and it's just in my head and your head obviously much more so um share a little bit about what the program is
2: and how it came about yeah yeah so um so hope well I I should go back a little bit further um when I came on and I was like 20 plus years ago, I I really came on to work with ECE. So early childhood education, um, a collaborative within Chino Valley had written um, an ECE grant actually for First Five San Bernardino. And they kind of gave it to me and said, here, can you oversee it, run it, manage it? And by the way, we're collaborating with the YMCA, with the city, with San Bernardino State, you know, superintendent of schools, a preschool department, and kind of like you know, I was like, what in the world do we do with this? But really, we began small as big as that sounded. It was small we were serving zero to five. But we really began to lay the, the groundwork for our, our really our systems and kind of like uh, getting uh, to know our partners, our community, what the needs were. Uh, fast forward uh, about 10, almost 15 years, I want to say, um, we know it was about 13 years. Um, our superintendent at the time had begun to really realize that there were some major needs happening in, our, in the Chino Valley that were going unaddressed. And so the coordinator of student support, who was in charge of like going out and making home visits, in other words, finding those kiddos who were uh, not attending school you know, consistently, and so they had truancy issues, the home visits really came about. and and they were seeing families who were living, I mean, beyond anything, what we could imagine, um, you know, facilities without, you know, backhouses without electricity back backhouses without water, um, 10 people in one garage. So all of these things came to light. And our superintendent pretty much gave a call out to the community, who was Mr. Wayne Joseph at the time and um, at a school board meeting, he said, you know, we're in a good position financially. By then we had kind of tapped out these lean years, you know, from the state and the state budget. And he's like, we're in a good position now to really start thinking about these services that we should we need to add. And so I am calling on the community, the Chino Valley community really step up. And so we called it Hope and it was helping our people every day. And what he wanted was he wanted to bring in these leaders from the community and begin to brainstorm about what we could do to serve uh, better serve um, these high needs families, these, these students who were at risk of, you know, just kind of falling through the cracks. So what that what happened was these leaders came about. And so actually it was actually one of our city leaders who said, uh, you knew that there's already a smaller resource. There's something already kind of in place where we collaborate, but it's 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 being done on a small level. And so I knew Mr. Joseph, he used to when I was working at Tino High, he was actually uh, the principal there. And so he called me up and he's like, I've heard that you're doing this. I'm like, yeah, it's on a smaller level. He's like, I need you to come and talk to cabinet. We need to come in. If it's already in place, let's expand this. And so he took really the bull by the horns and really kind of maneuvered into this like this is already we already have something set up like pretty much the the infrastructure was there If we give you additional money, can we expand it so that we can serve K through 12? And that's really how hope came about. They gave us uh, initially was 250,000 that first year and then they doubled it the second year and said, we like where this is going and um, gave us funding called LCAP, Local Control Accountability Program or planning. And so then it was new money coming in from the state that gave districts a little more leeway as to how. could use that money and so then it was one of those where we came back and we talked to our our partners our existing partners we went to the city of chino and said we will need more case managers can you do that yes we will need to do this we spoke to our ymca can we continue partnering with you and that's really where it came about and so it's going to be 10 years next year and we probably have close to maybe about 55 collaborative agencies and about maybe 10 alliances so these are alliances that are like strongly built they are there with us every step of the way if, if something comes up they're there pretty much to kind of like, okay what is it you need how can we assist how can we support you so that's really how it's coming so, about. do your alliance partners
1: they function as an advisory kind of uh clear the path when there's obstacles for you guys
2: um, in a way, but it's it's a little different because you have to remember. So it with the city, they really are coming in as a support system in areas that the district can't touch. Okay. So just for, for example, especially post pandemic, we had so many families who were falling behind, right with rent, utilities, all of that. They had CDBG funding and some additional funds coming from state um, and uh, federal that they were able to access directly. And so we were through our family, our educational. So district runs resource centers and we were able to connect them immediately to assistance to those municipal funds. So if it was water, you know, if they were delayed with their their water bill or SCE or gas, any of those things, if they didn't qualify. So that's like one area of an alliance. Then we had our other uh, groups. So we had a Christian ministry that had received a, a pretty large benevolence fund. And they said, we want to we want to partner with you. We want to help you, you know, whatever you need. So if something was happening and the city could address it, then we'd go to our partners and then we had our fire foundation who said like if there's something if there's an area that can't be tackled with these groups you need to come to us so we had all of these safety nets going you know everywhere to really be able to again kind of surround our community with all those supports that might come up that educationally can't education can't can't uh, address those things but
1: other people could so there's two key things that you mentioned that i i don't I'm hoping listeners don't miss the point. So when Mr. Joseph found out that there was a small version of what they had been talking about at cabinet, rather than say, we are the great guys who've made this up, right? Right. They came to you and said, Can you expand? Can we build on what's already there? You've got the bones in place. Can we build out build it out right? So oftentimes that's not what happens. Someone says there's money or we have support. We need to do our own thing because. It's an ego thing. We want our name on it, right? Mm -hmm. So that was unique. Yes. That was different in that. I mean, I know other people have done that as well, but I think sometimes I've seen people do it in name. Like they say, we want to build on you, but we ultimately want to change you. We don't like you the way we just want to buy your stuff. You know, it's like, it's a hostile takeover. Yeah. Um, and And I mean that in a way that where the intentions are good, but the consequences down the road aren't that great right Correct. so but you were also the other point is you were willing to step up and take a risk and expand right because that's a big influx right. a big right. growth right right so how did you bring your team along
2: when you were doing that Liz yeah yeah um, and, and if I can also kind of add, yes, it, it's a big stretch, but you have to remember too, um, we already had some good partnerships in place. We had, uh, trust, you know, we'd built up trust with some of these, um, agencies. So yes, it was kind of like, this is a big leap, but we also knew, we knew what we were getting. We knew that we were already, um, we were already working correctly with, with some really good partners. So we so had can have challenges. In place. We did. And, and the yeah. systems and also we had the collaborative. So before it turned into an alliance, the collaborative was in place, meaning we knew how we knew how to collaborate. It wasn't like the first program. We had a number of programs that the city would actually staff like the subcontract with the district. And so the, they were taking care of after school programming. They helped with to, uh, tobacco prevention. So there were other things already in place. So we knew what we were getting. So that that definitely was a benefit. So you Um, went in with your eyes wide open. Correct. Correct. And so really it was about the expansion. Yes, we, we probably, we tripled in size the first year. So right off the bat, it was having to find good people who also kind of aligned with our vision and what we were wanting to do and um, really kind of um, we really wanted their heart to be in the right place. And we asked them from the very beginning, you have to be flexible. We're really kind of growing and learning this program as we're going along. So that was a a big piece of it. And again, just having good relationship with the city like I have been on every single panel. So so our case management team uh, staff is the largest part of the component here and so the city from the beginning said like hey we want you on every panel so i have a say in who's coming onto our team isn't that something too right instead of like no we're going to just send you who you want so right off the bat i was so it's been tons and tons of interview panels that i've been on but i can go in and i can sit with coordinators and people who are going to oversee them and we can really find the right fit uh right from the beginning so that's huge because they're city employees Correct. Who are working in your space.
1: Correct. Right. And And typically typically the employer maintains all of that control.
2: Correct. Correct. So that breaks the mold right off the bat. So they are sitting in educational space right at our district offices. And then they go out to all these uh, school sites. If a family can't get to us at one of the resource centers, then they Uh, We'll drive out to a school site and then we find space. And really, it's become where we're seamless. And so, you know, they wear their their hope badge or, you know, and staff sometimes don't even know, like, oh, you're part of the program. They don't ask oh, your city or no, it's become it's like it's one project. We're all working towards that same goal of supporting our students and our families. So really, I mean, it's taken a bit, but we're we're to the place where it's become seamless. It's become operational. And listen, folks, remember,
1: she's talking this is a decade into this where the alliance is there and they had the pre-work. So this isn't one of those things like um, you see a big grant come out. We want to fund a collaboration. (laughs) Right. And it's like and you've got three years to show us results. We're thinking three years. You guys were still building and testing your trust in your relationships. Right. Three years. That's exactly right. Yeah. And so there's the ability for someone to hold a longer term vision. Yes. Um, Kudos to Mr. Joseph. Yes. But that leads me to another question. So here you have this very charismatic leader, and I'm going to ask you about your video project so people Mm -hmm. can go and hear his words and his voice. But we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, But you have this charismatic leader who then retires, right? Yes. And not that long after, right? How long
2: after this got going was he able to help? champion? I think, let's see. So he retired, I want to say five years ago. Okay. So really kind of Midway. Like four years in exactly four years in and then he retires and we're, we're kind of like, Oh my goodness, <laughs> what's going to happen. Right. I mean, he was the, the fund, the, the, the founder of hope and like, I like it was his, his brainchild, his baby. And so yeah, a lot, some nervousness kind of happening. And I remember him always saying like, no, this is good work. This is good work. And it has to continue. And again, kind of the buy-in from the community, a lot of assurances, a lot of like, Hey, he may be leaving, but we believe in this work. We believe in serving our community. We believe in, in what we're doing for kids. So really that reassurance along the way. And it probably took a couple of good years to kind of be like, you know what, you're yes. We took a hit. We took a hit with our leadership at the top, but we can do this, you know, again, having, grown some roots and kind of really uh, been established in the community. And then again, we had so many amazing partners who continued. And so even though we kind of lost one, someone else kind of comes in and supports and fills in that hole, that gap. So, yeah, the work continues. If you're willing, the work continues. So I think that's important. If you're
1: willing, the work, if you're willing, because there are those ebbs and flows. Anytime you lose major leaders at the top of an organization, it creates what? Pause. Not necessarily people don't think you can do your job, but they're just wondering, yeah. will you do your job? Yes. Right? Yes. How much was the work dependent on that person? Um, yes. Which is kind of the brilliance of your structure, right? Yes. Right. So you someone might say, well, I don't know if the city pulls their staff, and you're thinking, well, we just need a person or a, an alliance member who will staff that function. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's all that's an amazing long term relationship, though you know, because everybody wants their silos. They want control of their dollars, you know, um, so
2: it's much pie in the sky. Uh, but I remember my, my mentor, uh, my first director at, at health services, and she always, she was very collaborative. I mean, her bones screamed collaborative. And so she gave me, you know, the project and kind of said, I'm going to tell you right off the bat collaboration is hard. It's, it's, there it's picky and it's details and it's you know if one thing goes wrong then 10 things sometimes kind of fall apart it's the hardest thing she goes but is it worth it absolutely she's like it's absolutely worth it. if we can make it work she's like it's so much she said the benefits will just keep coming and i always remember that i'm thinking like oh my goodness you know what is she setting me up for but it's true if you can invest in it it is absolutely a long term investment that that will just pay dividends down the road. But it's it is hard. But that's like any relationship,
1: Liz. Yeah, you that's know, true. If we just do a flyby on it. You know, it's nice in the moment. But then, you yeah. know, it it takes time. You know, yeah. you have to figure out when the shine goes off, the polish goes off. It's like you still want to be connected yeah. to what's underneath. And if the answer is yes, you have to just like get on with it, yep. you know, move yes. on and keep focused. So absolutely. So. Talk a little bit about how you went from this process. You know, the pandemic hits, mm-hmm. you guys weathered the pandemic, you had to do a lot of pivoting. Mm-hmm. Um, share a little bit about that because schools were shutting down. So, I mean, mm-hmm. you guys were under um, nonprofits, first of all. I mean, they had to pivot and stay active for the most part. Schools yeah. had a whole other level they were dealing with. And like you were saying, you're not in control of everything. Right. So, how did you and your team and the collaborative <clears throat> alliance
2: make it through yeah so that was talk about pivoting yes and so um you know schools shut down and um you know we were sent home for a little bit until we kind of got some some you know health and policies in place and then right off the bat our district realized like we were kind of almost like the first responders, you know, like we needed to be there. So we were actually called back into the office. And so we were one of very few uh, departments and programs that were working from the office. And so what that meant was all of a sudden we had um, kids and families who were home and so they didn't have meals anymore. So we have, you know, we work with a lot of our like lower income families who, you know, rely on either food pantries and food pantries were shut down. So we were having to figure out how can we get um, some, some really high needs items to our families. So that was one thing. The other thing too, is uh, within our Our care closet. It's called our community care closet. We have hygiene supplies and we have clothing and everything. So we had families that were becoming very sick. And so, you know, you couldn't find a Lysol, like a a, a Lysol spray wipes if your life depended on it. So again, the call out to our community, we need cleaning products. They were coming and dropping off these really hard to find items. At our clothing closet and then we were making either drop-offs or we had we had something on our on our campus where it was just like kind of a, we had a small table and boxes and we would put things in paper bags and staple it with this the family's name and so these families would come by and pick up their lysol pick up their snacks pick up anything that we could do uh, our our um, nutrition services began to do meals at school sites and so we would have we would be calling our families go pick up your meals. And so they were doing it at a week at a time so they could drive by, pick up meals. So talk about pivoting. We had to really kind of hear what our families, you know, what they were kind of going through and then assisting, being there to assist. We had so many families that like uh, they didn't know how to work like the Wi-Fi and families who didn't have Wi-Fi, right? Our Spanish speakers that didn't know like, okay, I've got a kindergartner and a first grader who needs to kind of log in, but I don't know how to do it. So there we are. Our team is, Kind of coaching them, and so you're going to do this, and here's here's a a, 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 a hot spot. You're, you'll do this, A, B, and C. So what what our team did was we kind of uh, became the the stopgap, and so anything that really was going to uh, be a barrier to our students, um, their education, their well being their mental health, their their safety, you know, all of that, we were we were figuring out. We were trying to find clinics. You know, We had a, clinic, a COVID clinic that set up at our campus and just really kind of coordinating every kind of service and resource out there became kind of we became kind of like the central hub. And, and really, that's what we ended up doing. Our numbers, our service numbers went through the roof. Two years, honestly, they were um, incredible. Just the amount, the units of service, the calls, the home visits that we were able to do. Um, sadly, we had a number of families that lost loved ones during that time. You know, they had grandparents who were living in the home. They had an aunt. They had. We had a few students. We had uh, parents who were uh, who unfortunately passed away from COVID. Um, what about funeral expenses? What What are we going to do? We can't even. We can't even. And are there? We are calling our our Christian uh, fund. Uh, Our partners, can you? Yes, we will help with, you know, from our benevolence fund, we'll help uh, with so much to help towards uh, funeral expenses. Yes, we can do this. So it was a test. It was really a test of of, um, will and strength and ingenuity and being innovative and how we could uh, best provide these services. But it really did stretch us. It was a tough time, but it was a really good time to see the community kind of step up.
1: When you reflect back on that now, does that like the way people came together for mm-hmm. you, for your families, for your community,
2: does that ever bolster you when things get tough now? Absolutely. Yes, it is. It's a great, you know, those those great success stories and just the the stories of uh, resiliency and kind of just, you know, overcoming challenges. Absolutely. Because I mean, if if my if I make my program sound like it's just so great and we're just doing all these we are but there's so many challenges that happen every day there's there's you know ups and downs and everything you're working in a system anybody who's dealt with a system
1: right a government system absolutely or or a big business right we all have these like bureaucracies you're thinking that is the craziest thing I ever heard of that's slowing us down it's creating
2: friction absolutely yes and so again like I mean we just It's a great reminder, though, of how far we've come. And again, never, never taking like saying like "Oh, we did this or oh, the district. No, it's been our community, our community partners, our community, just loving on on people, loving other people regardless of where they're from, what's going on with them, political, race, everything. They just they just care about people. And so that's the true testament, the testament that the community can kind of come behind, you know, other other families in need. That's that's the real story.
1: It is a real story. So I want to ask you to share about, you know, a year and I think probably a year and a half ago you got the notice, but you were awarded by the state of California to take everything you've done. Mm -hmm. develop a curriculum so that other school districts who are so inspired um can replicate right yes so how did that come about and where are you in that process
2: yeah so really exciting um it, it actually came about um it was an opportunity because of the federal funds that had been coming down to states the um arp money you know american recovery uh program money, I believe, or American recovery planning, something like that. But these extra funds that were held to kind of, you know, uh were supposed to bolster again education and like the barriers and the obstacles being faced. And so this came to um, the California Department of Education, um, from the homeless um The homeless department. So in other words, we have a few grants through through them uh, supporting our work with uh, McKinney Vento students. So those are considered homeless. Those that are having um, that are doubled up, tripled up um, in shelters, those students that just don't have a stable place to live. So um, the 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 RFP went out and was asking for um leas local educational agencies to um who had something to share in other words who had these model innovative strategies on how really to partner or how to best serve homeless populations and so we took it and we said um we can definitely share about our collaborative and our alliances and how we cross you know how we serve with between sectors we cross sector Um, and the state absolutely loved it and awarded us funding for two years what the first year is to build the the curriculum and really kind of be able to share with other leas charter schools any kind of you know local educational agency really we've made it so that any other nonprofit or anybody else can really kind of grab some ideas from it as well and um and be able to um, place it on the state website and uh, be able to share and so that's the first year the second year is really kind of uh once it's assisting to implement it's really kind of um being available to offer technical assistance to other leas it's sharing it it's promoting it's going and um being a part of like a professional development and maybe other conferences so really it's kind of opened up um it's given us a lot of opportunities to be able to share and again when we go in the strategies aren't just for um our homeless innovation programs It's it's really for anyone who wants to serve in a cross uh, collaborative uh, sector, like a fashion. So that's where we're at, where we've wrapped it up. We're just waiting for final authorization to kind of launch and share the curriculum. And then uh, that also gave us an opportunity to work with you and with Ken to um, produce uh, a Hope overview video and some other supporting videos as well that really just kind of puts a face and kind of like a visual to everything that we're doing. And so that's been super exciting. Well, it was fun for me to
1: watch the, the videos so for folks listening part what she's referring to is we have a full service media piece for the coaching and consulting that we do at the sarah box team or now we like to say in the sandbox where we create with yes. our with our friends and family um but liz specifically wanted some help getting the story out and i remember liz i was rewatching videos because I I love to get inspired and I have access to video. So why not get inspired? (laughs) So, but you were talking about how in the beginning you had so many stories, but you didn't know what stories, even like you were in the work, you couldn't see the work. But so when it started pouring out of you and you had your team involved in this, so it wasn't Mm -hmm. just all your brainchild, right? Right. People were saying, I think we should talk to so-and-so and this person. But when you saw those stories external, Mm -hmm. What was your reaction to that? And have you had any feedback from folks? I know they're not publicly displayed. Put out there yet fully.
2: Yes. Yeah. So I think one of the the best experiences um, when we there was like under uh, revision, but Uh, Ken and your team had kind of said, like, we want you to share with your team and kind of get some feedback. And uh, we were able to show our entire team, which is about 20 people case managers, district staff, support people, um, our front office. And so we had this full house and we viewed it. And we also had a few reps from the city. So our city coordinator and our city supervisor overseeing the projects. And so I remember I had already kind of seen it. I had gotten choked up just kind of watching it. I'm like, and I don't get choked up. I don't, I don't cry easily i just i really don't but i remember getting choked up but as the video is playing i was looking at everybody else's faces and their faces were just so the video ended and mind you it is a 20 minute video but every single person is just you know grabbing the tissues and they just i mean the best responses they were just like oh my goodness this really really does um They said, if if it didn't get you, you don't have a heart is pretty much what they came up with. You know, if you don't, if it didn't get you, if it didn't make an impact, then you probably don't have a heart just because. Uh, The families and the students were so like they just exceeded our expectation. They spoke from the heart. There was like no agenda. They were just so real and so sincere and so transparent. Do you know what? I mean, the vulnerability to be so transparent, to talk about something so so delicate as like, yeah, we were homeless and we're sleeping in a car and we had to shower at the YMCA. And just to share their story like I was. I was truly blown away. I was blown away. It was more than anything we hear, but we hear in the confidentiality of our, you know, our little intake rooms and our offices and story after story, but to actually be okay for, they were said, it's okay. If this is going to help somebody else, we want to share a story that blew me away.
1: Yeah. You didn't have, I remember when we were talking about, you had your um, preferred list, I guess I would call it. Like, here's our top folks. If they would say yes, it would be so great. And I think you got yeses from everybody. From every single person. Yeah. Every single person we asked. Because I remember being really surprised when you got back to us and you said, oh, we've got We're good to go. (laughs) Mm hmm.
2: But yeah.
1: And the young woman who used to have to walk so far to school. I mean, that got me, you know, and I'm blanking on her name right now. But what you did for her life and. um. Just the hope she has, the focus she has. Yes, yes. And I thought, love that. Just love that. Because it's easy to say we serve McKinney-Vento kids, right? That is anonymous. We don't have faces to that. We don't know who kids are. And we don't even know who kids who hang out with our kids are. Like, they just look regular. They're kids, right? They look like regular kids. But you don't
2: know that once they leave you, they're really in some dire straits. That's exactly it. And and you know, over the years, I, I'm so glad you said that, Sarah, because really these kids, these are shadow kids. And so they do their best and they do their part to like to not be um seen. These kids are are embarrassed. They they have a lot of like shame. Like there's just there's worry, there's anxiety. Like, I don't know where I'm gonna go. I don't know what you know if I'm getting picked up, or I don't, you know, mom is super upset because we have to move out by the end of the month and we have nowhere to go. So these kids don't say, like, oh, but you know, they don't they don't do that. They, they want to be in the shadows. And so um, to be able to work with them and for them, again, just the vulnerability and just the transparency to, to be so open with us is, is really, I mean, it's, it's a precious thing. and We don't, we don't ever want to break that. We don't ever want to, um, we don't want to ever make it less than what it is. It, it really is. It, it's, it's a privilege for us to, to be able to do that in, in that moment.
1: Well, and to their own grit, hanging in there you know the brothers who finally you know like they were super excited they had their own room they could study and quiet yes
2: yes yes
1: stuff that other times people just take for granted yeah exactly exactly so um we've talked about what it takes to sustain it beyond a leader transitioning and how to nurture your team um so how do you and your folks stay the course. Now when the road gets rocky, what do you and your team talk about?
2: Yeah. What do we talk about? Um, I, I think we've placed, we we're, we're close. I think our, our team, we're, we're pretty close. And I've heard, I've heard lots of people say before, like, you're not supposed to be that close as a team, you know, because regardless, it's a business and it's, it's, you know, you, if something was to happen, you know, you have to kind of differentiate and separate. I don't believe in that at all. I, I think that we like, and so we call ourselves a work family and we've had some people say like, yeah, no, I don't think I'm okay with that. And, you know, the whole boundaries thing. And I'm like, oh, of course there's boundaries, but really the hard work that we do, Maybe if we were in finance and if we, you know, did audits or something, it'd be a little bit different, but we are, we are in the work of like social services. And what that means is like, we are working with people at at the most, sometimes at the most critical part of their lives, they might have some really hard stuff that they're going through, or they might be just desperate. And so if we can't be real with each other, we're going to have a real tough time being real with them. And then they can spot us like a mile away. If we're just there and we're kind of like here, you know, here's a resource, you know, good luck to you and everything. And, and so I think that what we have, like, so we encourage each other. First of all, that's a big piece of it, and I think that the um, it's a very um, encouraging environment. So we have um, biweekly. We do what we call file review. So that is where we all sit in a room and we talk about like those tough cases or. Um, sometimes we're just like, you know what, you guys, like I'm overwhelmed. I'm really behind. And so somebody's like, you know what? I can take your next cases or I'll do this or I'll cover for you. Um, that's always uh, intersected with some either some professional development or a new resource or something. And and what we try to do, too, is we try to do we try to end with something positive. So it could be a simple team building or some kind of a game or something, because honestly, when we're going through such serious things. I mean, people who are just again, I just don't. I don't think that people realize how difficult and with inflation being what it is, what rents Sarah. what what we see time and time again right now, rents are there's no stoppage right now. Yeah. So if you have a family that is making minimum wage and their their rent is twenty five hundred plus all utilities, plus this, plus that, like they are coming in and the stress level. And of course, you know, the kids and everything else, it's. What we are seeing is meltdowns at the highest level, and of course, this affects our kids. So we're talking mental health and and um, physical health and lack of engagement. So if we are not really there, listening to all to the pieces of it, to all of it, and we're not there again, we can't just say like, okay, well, we're just going to get you tutoring. And so, good luck to you on your rent, or good luck to you, you know, with with your food costs. We're not. We're not being holistic. We're not being, you know, are we really supporting the family? Probably not. So it is heavy. It is it is extensive. It is hard. There's I mean, we practice trying to leave it at home, trying to, you know, the end of the day and like, okay, we'll be here tomorrow to kind of pick it up again. Sometimes we can't sometimes, you know, situations are just really, really hard. But for the most part, we have each other. That's why the importance of having a really good team who has the same vision, has the same heart. So really compassion for people, empathetic, um, just a heart to serve, because that's the other thing, too, is are you just here to kind of get get the experience and move on? Or are you really, truly trying to serve you are here because you want to make a difference? And I think that's one of the big pieces too. surrounding yourself with those people who have the same heart as you. So we just a lot of good camaraderie, a lot of good uh, uh, relishing when we've got good moments, because other times where we might be crying over the hard moments for sure.
1: Yeah, and I think um, I'm with you in that it's more it's more of a family and a work environment. You know, I just whether you people are comfortable calling that or that or not, but I think if you think of it in that way, um, it assuming that you have a healthy family, whether or not your family's healthy or not, it's another issue. But Uh, but in your mind, it's like okay, uh, this is what I know. Yeah. But I mean, if you're really coming from a caring place, it helps other people know they can ride the storm. You know, exactly. Like, this We have, what was I talking to someone? They brought this up. They said, I love this term. And I think I'm stealing it, right? Hold out. Yeah, but really, sure. it's having that grace in the gap when we can't be our best oh. selves. Someone holds that space for us so Absolutely. that we can, we'll be back. Absolutely. You know, rather Absolutely. Than, you know, Yeah. Rather than stressing you out further, going, oh, sorry, you can't cut it
2: year out, right? Exactly. Oh, I, and grace with ourselves as well, because, oh, man, you know, it, it's it's a lot, you know, and we, exactly. we're we going to have, we're all going to have our tough days and our bad days. And so just kind of giving ourselves a lot of grace as well. I agree.
1: Okay, so I do this. I'm totally shifting gears here before we okay. wind this up, but I do, we're doing this new thing. It It may not be totally new by the time I air this, but- I'm asking podcast guests mm-hmm. to, to take a moment and learn from one of our previous guests, random, we're not saying who, we don't care, but we want our podcast guests, the ones coming on, to share something they gained from a previous person who left a nugget and maybe how that hit their heart. Ah. and
2: then we can let that guest know. Also. Yeah, no. I, well, I, I think we're kind of talking about this earlier, but I had listened to um, Bill Murphy and he talked about uh, thriving in the storm. And that spoke to me again, professionally and it just you know kind of reinforces everything that we were talking about, you know, in this past hour. Right, Sarah, it's like thriving in the storm. And so it's not just riding it out. It's not just kind of like oh, holding on for dear life, finding, finding your finding the grit to kind of not just not just survive but thrive and so really that is something that has spoken to me personally it's spoken to me again professionally um and then something else that it said too um you don't have to have exceptional talent or resources to overcome adversity to be resilient or to achieve extraordinary goals if that doesn't happen to someone i mean i don't know what does so you don't have to be i don't consider myself like i am not that great like i I am just this normal person who just really enjoys what, what we do, what I can do, the God given, um, opportunity that God has really given me to kind of be in a place where I come across families and students who could use help. And then we have all these wonderful resources that are made available. And so how, how awesome is it that we can facilitate, you know, this, This giving and this getting and this receiving, you know, um, and just being a benefit, because I'll tell you what, the students and the families are thrilled when when someone comes around and supports them. But those also the people who were giving, they are blessed. They are happy. They have such, oh, my goodness, joy in their heart, knowing that what what little they gave or whatever it is that they did also brightened up someone's day. So it's a win win. And so really kind of I kind of comes back to. We can all do something. We can all do something. We can all, we all have something, either talent, we, hi, for me, I, I think I just have a lot to say. I mean, like, right, I just have something to say and something to share and, and just being able to, to do that. I mean, we can all make a difference. We just, well, you're a can do person. you I'm always.
1: Aware. You have always been a can-do person. A can-do person. I've watched your face when people in a room have started going, "We can't do this," and I'm <laughs> like, "Oh, please, are we doing this again?" And it's like, "Yes, we can. Come on, let's do it." We have um, to. So, Liz, people I know are going to hear this and think, "Okay, I might not be in California, but can I still reach out and find out how this might play sure. in my community?" And are they able to reach out to you guys, yes. or where could they learn more about the curriculum? Yes, Who's yes, yes.
2: Yeah, by all means, you can always um, go to our website. So it's the Chino Valley uh, Unified School District website. And so then you will go in under programs. You will find Hope Program or you can search and go into that page. And there's something that says, "Tell us about yourself." You can send us um, a little, a little bit about yourself, your questions, and we will be more than happy to get a hold of you. And we do. We have we have programs and um, LEAs, nonprofits throughout the state who hear about us and say, "Hey, can we can we have a virtual tour of your closet?" Or how did that get started? Or we would love to know more. How did your alliance with the city get started? And so we we are more than happy to to share. You know what. Our experiences and do we have it all down? No, but we can definitely share with you what worked and what didn't. You know, we'll be more than happy to do that. Well, and
1: once the the toolkit is public, yes. the curriculum is published, you have specific items and there and examples that people can take advantage yes. of. So that always helps people get a leg up on where they're going. I think when you can look yes. at something, and go, "Oh, eighty-five percent of this fits for us," and the other we can have a conversation about. So
2: yes. Yes, and so that curriculum, I think the first session is is all about community collaboratives and alliances, so it's this great PowerPoint presentation and we've got some videos embedded in it, and so really kind of um, Talking a little bit about what we talked about today, the differences between just traditional collaborative and and like, you know, what that entails versus, you know, an alliance and something really, you know, where people have have strong buy in and how you can get to that. Some great ideas on how to get maybe um, started or get talks going with your municipal leaders, your city leadership. Um, a lot of great tips. We'll talk about our staffing model. We talk about finances and grants and how we get to do this on a shoestring budget and just a little bit of everything. So by all means, as soon as we as soon as the state um, puts that on the CDE's website, uh, we can also will we'll, we'll, I can let you know or they can also go to the Chino Valley uh, District website and look under HIP. So that's Homeless Innovative Programs and it's called the HIP Toolkit. And they'll have free access to everything. And I mean everything. It'll it'll be like our our strategies, our um, oh my goodness, our um, job descriptions. Um everything, that nothing been, back, in your nothing, head. nothing. And someone asked me why we would do that. Why would you do that? Why would you work so hard for all of your, for all of your curriculum and all of, you know, your forms that you've developed? Why would you share it? Because it's the right thing to do because if it serves other kids, if it serves districts and it can help other people, why, why would we not? I know it's that just, is the question. Why wouldn't we? Why wouldn't we?
1: Why wouldn't we? Absolutely. Liz, I got to say, every time you and I get to talk, I just come away more energized, more inspired. So it's so fun. Thank you for saying yes to being a guest on the podcast. Loved it. Loved
2: um, it. Thank um, you for letting me talk about it.
1: Oh, love it. Um, I will put folks in the link. We'll have a hyperlink to okay. the, the school district's website. I'm sure by the time this airs, all that will be up and going. Um, And then when she said CD, that's the California Department of Education.
2: Department of Education. Sorry, my acronyms.
1: (laughs) When you're in the speak, the acronyms flow. So I just thought I'd point that out for anybody who might be in another state. Yes, 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 yes. (laughs) All right, Liz, thank you so much. And I will. Thank
0: you,
2: Sarah. It was great talking talking to you. Bye.
0: You've been listening to the No Labels, No Limits podcast with best-selling author, change agent, and strategic vision coach, Sarah Box. You can grab the show notes and find out how to work with Sarah at saraboxcom forward slash No Labels, No Limits podcast. We'd love this podcast to reach as many people as possible. So please remember to rate, leave a five-star review, and share the podcast with someone you think would get value from this conversation. Until next time, keep taking those daily action steps to align your purpose to your principles and achieve your goals in business and life.